Good evening and welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. With this momentous weekend that it is, we thought we'd make a special announcement. Boys, we have a special announcement from the one, the only, the King. Tonight at 7.30pm, come and listen to the crown jewels of all podcasts, Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Tonight, 7.30 on Coronation Weekend. Get ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello, good evening. Welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. It's a Friday night. There's no football on anywhere else, so where else should be? Only watching Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Uh, I am joined by uh, Guter Hilsey, Kapo Dan, and back from my I, I, I can't even get the word out. I hiatus. <laughs> I've started well, haven't I? We got Danish Gunnar Alex. And Alex, I know you're coming to town next weekend. And, uh, you know, you don't want a, a repeat of your last, you know, lock up your daughters and everything else. Alex, <laughs> I've been good, mate. I've been good. I've, I've, uh, I've missed being on here. So it's good to see everything as, as, uh, as it is normally. <laughs> uh, Dan, uh, you're very impressed with um, our regal announcement. Other than you not telling me we were going to do that. <laughs> the start I wasn't ready for it either. And then the word hiatus on the way in just absolutely killed it. Yeah. And by the way, there is football tonight. There's women's football in the Arsenal women's um, football. So uh, three in a row. Okay. Uh, uh, two and a half. <laughs> two and a half. Trevor, how are you, mate? I'm all right. I had no idea you were going to uh, show that, Fergus. I just sent it to you for a bit of a giggle. Um, I still have my gardening vest on. I've been outside in the garden all day today. Um, I'm good, mate. I'm I'm buzzing from the result against Chelsea. Looking forward to an amazing trip up to Newcastle. Uh, what's not to love, mate? What's not to love? Well, what we are going to talk about uh, as we uh, go about, we'll, we'll look back at the uh, the Chelsea game. Um, we're we won't go line by line through it, but we, we will definitely have a chat about the Chelsea game. And then we're going to look ahead to the long, long road up to Newcastle. I've got four and a half, five hours driving there. The drive there doesn't bother me. It's the drive the next day. Um, damn, that's going to be a killer, isn't it? Jesus. Really well, it normally is for me anyway, unless you uh, wind your windows down. But yeah. <laughs> it can be what about the steps? Yeah. What about the steps? Oh, I've, I've got, I've got that. You actually just remind me. I need to get that picture, but uh, <laughs> I'll get that up in a second. Um, listen, what we have been doing over the last few games, and some people might have seen it on on um, on Twitter. We do a little bit of video clip for uh, Sophie and Super Kevin Campbell on uh, uh, the Highbury squad. Um, Sophie has been really good to us, and and Kevin is a good friend of of ours, and especially Gunnar Hilsey. Um, he 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 contacted me. Even asked you to be on a was it a, a an interview before the Man City game, didn't he, uh, Trev? No, I can't recall that. No memory of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that was too many, too many points. But what, we recorded something that they put out, but there was a few outtakes. So we, uh, I, I saved the best one for us. Here's the, here's the first one. Have a quick look. Son, here we are. We take a picture. We're not taking a picture, bro. Video. Have the old we're people doing... take a picture and he puts the camera. No, we're doing no. a, we're doing a we're doing video a for, 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 for the Ivory Squad, all the squaddies. Take two. Take two. No, no, no. Listen, that will all say it. Listen, here we go. We're, we're, we're going into a very big game. Um, it's the Chelsea game. Uh, huge game. We need, a, we need a result here, Dan. Performance first, right? Performance, yeah. And a result. Uh, of course we need a result. We need to play 90 minutes first, get the fans 
behind the team again, and not that they're not behind them, but get the I've get got, the fans excited a bit more. Yeah, Trev, we've got some bad news here. We're in the way of all these people. Crab right, yeah, Oh, honestly, and then we tried to do another one, and we just in fits of giggles and everything. Else. We eventually got something together and got across to them, but it was good fun, Trev. Yeah, good fun. It, when it didn't it turn out to be a good a good day, eh? From start to finish, we we were lurking around the Emirates very early, weren't we, Fergus? We went um, yeah. went we both got the little placards around the Emirates that were kindly bought for us by our families, and uh, yours is well, they're both right at the bottom, but. It was hilarious because you bent down and pointed to yours, and I bent down and take a picture, Fergus. And neither of us could get up, mate, could we? That's that's how bad it's getting. That's how old we are. But it it was a very enjoyable day. We ended up in the Woodbine, had a few beers. Dan finished work and came to join us, and the three of us we had a right laugh. We had a right laugh. It was a very enjoyable evening. Yeah, and the football didn't for once spoil it in any way, did it? There he is. Look. There he is. You should have seen him getting up. That was hilarious. Oh, the the, the noises we both made. I, as you went down to take the photograph, we got, oh, my back, and I, my arse crack shown, and I went, my knees are gone. And then as the two was trying to get up, it was like, oh, oh, oh. And then Lads, we Lads, this, is, this is not going well. This is another moment on the camera. Who bent down and who can get up? Honestly, and all them noises are also not going well. No, no, not really. Not really, is it? <laughs> um, so let's look at the Chelsea game. Let's look at the... Um, uh, well, let, let's talk about uh, the Chelsea game uh, as well then, um, Dan. Sorry, I'm just trying to get one other photo in. Um, the, the Chelsea game, the build-up, we talked about before the game, myself and Trevor got down early and we had a walk around the stadium. We, we saw the, the new wrap rounds. We met in the pub, had a few beers. And then we, we got into the stadium quite early even early by our standards. But it was hard work, Dan, wasn't it? It was really, really hard work to get to get the uh, block five, block six. It, it went, but it took a while, didn't it? Yeah, as we said, it felt very flat, didn't it, on the way down? And I think, look, people are quite rightly disappointed with recent weeks, and I think you could feel that. I think being a school night didn't help as well. But, yeah, it eventually, uh, did eventually get going, which was nice. Just we'd like it rocking a bit earlier. But um, I think even you commented, you looked over and you said, I've got veins and everything popping and... We were straining, but we tried to get it going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was very much that way. Very much that way. And that way. So um let's look at the the um, the lineups uh, first of all. Uh, let's bring them up. I have got them this week. I do have, oh, I do, yeah, Jesus. I thought, yeah, I wasn't for a second. Uh Ramsdale in goal, White, Kivior, uh, Gabriel Zinchenko, Jorginho, Shaka, uh, Odegaard, Saka, Trossard, and Jesus. Um Alex, uh, change in the lineup, a bit of rotation. Um, yeah. What were your thoughts on, on on rotating the squad, and, and did you agree with the rotation that was done? I think we needed a bit of a mix-up after the, the the last couple of games, so I think it was right that he uh, mixed it up a bit. And I was I was quite pleasantly surprised to see Kiwiel uh, getting his full debut, um, and also I think it made sense to switch uh, or at least bring in. Uh, Trossard. Um, it could have been for Saka, but it was for Martinelli uh, this time. So I think that made sense. And then Jorginho as well. Uh, I thought that made sense as well, bringing in him to control the game more. Um, I think we all knew it was going to be a game where we'd be in more possession and uh, with with us controlling the game. So I think that made sense to bring in Jorginho and help with that and also support Kiwi or 
um, from passing out from the back. Um, so I think all three changes uh, made sense for me going into the game. And I was excited to see how Kiwi would, would do in his first uh, full debut in Premier League. Uh, Dan, what do you think of his debut? Uh, were you impressed? I think my comment to you was I didn't really notice him, which I think as a centre-half, that's all you want, right? If you don't notice your yep. centre-halves, I think that's a good day. Um, I must admit, I watched it back and I think the first 60 seconds, he was uh, he was a bit nervous. I think he missed a header and misplaced the pass. But after that, it, he didn't put a foot wrong. Um, it was quite nice to see us not shooting long balls up and, you know, those sort of curved balls into into the corner to, to try and get out. And, yeah, it, he even stepped in a few times, won the ball. And um, the only thing is, I'd probably say, I don't really want to get too excited on him because I feel like there's bigger tests. And certainly if he plays against Newcastle, that will be a completely different test to, to Chelsea. You know, they had the likes of Aubameyang, who was non-existent and their press wasn't really there. So, Interesting to see how he does against uh, a tougher opposition. But look, good start and um, hopefully calms his nerves a little bit for a, for a big game on uh, on Sunday. Mm. Trevor, there was some really good uh, banners. The, the, the London is red, which clearly is now after our record, which we'll talk about later. Um, there was uh, Nostra Casa, which means this is our home. Um, and, you know, the, the, the atmosphere in the, in, in the ground was really building up. Um, before the game, North London Forever was sung. And I know you like this. And so I've nicked this off uh, TikTok. Um, but let's have a Trevor, that, that was the start of a fantastic atmosphere. Um, the teams came out, the lineups we've just gone through. Um, yeah. Aubameyang um, was uh, in the opposition side and the manager, uh, Mikel Arteta, asked us to be respectful. Were we? <laughs> we? We didn't have any choice but to be respectful, really, because he wasn't playing, was he, in, in fairness, you know? I don't know what's up with the lad. Um but he just didn't just didn't do a thing. Just didn't do a thing. It was almost like they were at they had ten men at times. Let's hope he sorts himself out and settles down. But I'm, I'm if I'm honest, I'm glad he doesn't play for our football club anymore. But I wish him nothing but the best, like I do any of our ex players. Mention the changes, Fergus, and and I love the fact that we made the changes. I think that I, I'm not saying that Arteta listened to the fans, right? But he's obviously seeing the game the same way as the fans did last week in particular. Because we've been saying Ramsdale, uh, excuse me, we've been saying that um, Holding hasn't been playing as, as well as we'd like to see him play. Um, some of us put it in different ways to others. And, and, and he gave Kivior a go. We've been saying that Party looked like he's a bit shot the last few weeks. So he's took Party out and he's played Jorginho, which was key. Not not Vieira. Vieira couldn't come in there. It had to be Jorginho, which he did. And then I've been crying out for Trossard to get more starts, and he started him. And as I said last week, I don't care what one of the four, you know, three from four for me up front, and, and it was Trossard's turn. 
So it was really good to see the team. It was Dan's right. It was very strange on the concourse. It wasn't just quiet. It was empty. There wasn't many people about. And then with it, 10 or 15 minutes before the game, the ground filled up quickly. You know, people are coming from work. It's been rearranged at short notice, but we did fill it. And um, it was it was a great atmosphere. That 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 uh, North London forever, Fergus. Oh, my Lordy, mate. Oh, my Lordy. It's just, it just gets better. And it does its job. It raises the fans. It ra- lifts the players. What more can we want, mate? What more can we want? Yeah, I've got um, I've got a question for you, Frig. On the back of that, you said um, up front is three from four for you, and I think I've been quite clear the last few weeks that for me it's it's still Martinelli and Saka either side of Jesus. But I watched that game back, and I'm sitting there thinking, do you know what? We're a bit aside with Trossard in it. We are. And I think he's a very, very good player and very underrated. But the problem is, right, Martinelli on the bench. He's too good to be on the bench. So who do you play? But I guess my, my question for you guys is, of your preferred three up top, is it changing at all? Um, I'll come first on that one. Uh, the, the, for me, whether he's able to play on on, on the side, I, I'd, I'd rather that Saka was rested only because of how he's been overplayed uh, through the World Cup and through the, the season altogether. And he gets kicked and kicked and kicked so much throughout the game. So I said to you guys before, even when we those done those little videos, uh, would you drop Saka uh, for Trossard? Because that, that's the route I'd go down. Because Martinelli, as you say, is too good to be on the bench. Jesus does more than being a striker because he's not really a striker. He, he just... Brings, he's like more number 10 and, and and only just to protect Saka and get more out of him because I think he's running out of steam a little um, as we go into the, the, the final four games of the season. I, I, that's who I'd swap him for. And I would start, uh, I know we're going to do the Newcastle game, but I, I would have, an, I would have uh, Trossard starting more games than he has been uh, because his record sings for itself. Alex? But just to, just to jump back on that quickly, um, Ferg, if Saka was fully fit, no issues, who would you start as your front three? <coughs> well, the the great thing is, I, I think you. It, it's really hard. You'd have to pick your opposition, wouldn't you? Really, uh, and, that, and that's yeah. the whole team that we've created. Um, that you you do you've got so many different options and then you can change the game up. And the great thing is, is if you bring them on at 50, 60 minutes in, they can have a second flurry at attacking. My only fear is that Arteta sometimes leaves that 50, 60 minutes to 60, 70 or 80 minutes. And then the impact is, is less. That's all I'd say to respond. I I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't pick a, a three out of the four. For me, like, yeah, it's very dependent on the team we're playing. If it's Newcastle, Liverpool away, I'd, I'd go with uh, Martinelli, Saka and, and Jesus. Martinelli, especially for the pace. And then if it's a game at home where we're playing Chelsea, like we did, um, a team that's going to sit sit back lower, I'd go with, with Trossard and maybe leave Martinelli out for, as you said, for 50, 60 minutes and bring him, bring him on with his pace. Um but yeah, it's, I mean, it's a luxury problem because all of them are so, so good players. We're lucky to have all all four of them. Yeah, I, I, I'm with, with Alex. You know what, Dan? Honestly, mate, I honestly can't say that I've got a favourite three from the, Thor, for, from the four. Honestly, mate, I can't. I, I'm, I'm more than happy for, for any three from that four to go on that team sheet. 
I, I genuinely am, knowing that we've got the fourth one on the bench to come on and step it up. What I'd like to see, along with that four, and we talked about it before, and we'd have to sign one in the summer, is a fifth one, but one with different dimensions, maybe a bigger one, maybe a maybe more of a ball holder, maybe more of a taller ball header, just so we've got that option. I'm not saying we need that. Most of the games this year, we've done just fine as we are. But I'd love to see that option on the bench, ready to use it if we needed it, you know, if we needed just to change, just to change it around a little bit. Mm. Listen, let's 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 look at the game. So um, we started strong. Uh, I don't think I've seen as poor a Chelsea side ever in my life, and uh, it's probably before I start really following football that Chelsea were as poor as they are. And I, I think I, I, the, the phrase I said to Mem, the and to you, Trev, they're playing football like they used to play a Stamford Bridge with a, a running track running around it. It was that that poor that disorganized and they are just lucky that they got early points because otherwise i think they could seriously be in contention of relegation that aside um you can't take anything away from our first half performance uh, odegaard and this is the view that us guys have in the in the north bank ours is slightly on a different angle but uh, uh, this is odegaard's first goal and uh trevor i'll ask you to to talk about this afterwards Sorry for sorry, cutting then. Sorry, mate. He yeah, just no, finds fine. that bit of space, doesn't he? he? Finds that bit of space and he sweeps it in, sweeps the ball into the net. It's, it's sublime to watch. It really is a pleasure to watch. It makes you get up and celebrate the goals that, that, that he scores. But um, they can all, once again, I go back to the back to the front four. They can all do that. It was it was Odegaard's turn the other night. They've all got over ten goals this year, you know. They've all been doing that, but it was it was sublime football. And the the, the man that, that got the assist for not just that one, but the next one, and we could even give him an assist for the last one. Granite Xhaka is just finding him in that bit of space, further up the field, forward, finding him in that bit of space, and just putting the ball in for him, and they're sweeping it in. Wonderful goal, Fergus. Wonderful goal against key point you made, Fergus. Probably the, the most ordinary Chelsea side I've seen since the Russian money came in. You know, that you youngsters won't remember, but I'm not being derogatory to Chelsea. It was just a fact. They were a yo-yo club, Chelsea. They always popped up and down, you know, and uh, sometimes they were good, sometimes they were awful. I've not seen a Chelsea side this bad since um, before the Russian money, as I said. I don't know what's wrong with them. To be honest, I don't really care what's wrong with them. I'm an Arsenal fan. But you can only play the opposition that's put in front of you. And we started that game magnificently the other day against Chelsea. Absolutely magnificently. They didn't get to... Not only did they not got a look in, they hardly touched the ball for the, for the, for the first 15 minutes. It was a pleasure. Yeah. I'm conscious that, Alex, uh, you've, you're on holidays somewhere up in... At family, so you've only got a limited period of time. Um, what was your thoughts on that goal and then Odegaard's second goal? Again, as Trevor said, both assists provided by Granite Shaka. Granite Shaka was outstanding, and we will talk about Granite Shaka as well. And if you want to bring it into your response, how, how underrated he has been in this game, and, and, and people haven't talked about how good his performance was. But Odegaard's uh, first and second goal. Yeah, I thought I had a deja vu when I saw the, saw the second goal. It was very similar to the first one. And 
I think it was clear to me that they they must have been talking about there was going to be some gaps between the midfield and and the defense, um, and they'd be looking for crosses in in that space because that was uh, yeah it was just perfect and and they were very lax in defense uh, when the crosses came in. Um, we had one earlier as well where where Aspilicueta headed the ball towards the goalkeeper and Shakira almost scored. Um, at nil nil, but he was just he was so dangerous with his runs uh, in behind Shaka and his runs into the box and everything he did was just uh, superb in that game and as you say he's been underrated this this season but um, he he just does so many things right uh, this season and he he hasn't picked up as many yellow cards as he usually does no red red cards um, yeah he's just been absolutely superb this this season. That's it. You bocked it. Well, he's going to get a red card on Sunday, isn't he? Now, yeah, I was sorry, mate. Dan, you mentioned in like our, our, our WhatsApp group before about topics on here. Um, like, uh, Odegaard gets two, two goals, and yet again, he still gets criticized and criticized about him. Uh, he can only do it when he's not under like a big game and when there's less pressure around him. Yeah, I mean the the criticism for me is ridiculous. Sorry, go on, Trev. No, go go. I'm just talking to myself, Dan. It's uh, it's right. something that happens with age, you know. As long as we're um, along with pissing yourself, yeah. Now, nah, now, nah, boys. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I can't see why it gets criticised for me. I mean, uh, the person I was watching is, let's be honest, a, a bit of a, an idiot of a football fan. But I was expecting to click onto the comments and see people saying, "No, you're you're wrong. The guy's great, that and whatever." And I read the comments and everyone's criticising him, saying, yeah, I agree, he goes missing and he's he doesn't do it when we're really under pressure. And now that we've dropped off a bit, maybe he's back on it. But I don't think there's been a drop-off with him. I think he's absolutely critical to everything we do. He's 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 a different type of, of 10 or 8 or whatever you want to call him in that position. But a different type of player. He's, he's so technically gifted, but he's got fantastic work rate. And he sees things that people wouldn't ordinarily see. And then... He can score goals on the end of it. I mean, look, the two goals he scored were were great finishes from from anyone, let alone someone that's not a natural striker as such. Um, I think for the first goal, I think probably the keeper could do better um, from where it's hit, but it's still a great strike from Erdegaard. And oh, I, I, don't, I don't think the keeper got on the first goal. Second goal, maybe, but not the first. It wasn't right in the corner, right? I think it was. He was not crossbar. Far didn't didn't he hit the cross behind him? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I think a, a better keeper or maybe a, a bigger keeper with longer arms and, than Kepa probably does better. Um, so having said that, it's still, it's still, a, still a great strike. But um, I also looked at, at Xhaka and I, I was surprised because I, I watched it a couple of times and I thought, did Xhaka mean that cross to Werdegaard or was he trying to play it into Jesus? But it looks like he's hit it with perfect pace and aiming straight for, for Erdegaard. So um, a great assist from Xhaka as well. And, and Interesting position. He's pulling out into that left channel quite a bit as well now with, again, Trossard can move in centrally and also Zinchenko that comes in. So I think those players combining together are a, a good trio. Um, Trevor, um, Odegaard, uh, do, do, do you think... Look, you mentioned about um, him getting double figures. We've got four players. The only we're, I think we're the only club side in all five, five European leagues to have four players... And and another stat: it's it's the first time since 2012, 2013 that we've had uh, four goal scorers over 10, 10 goals. 
Yeah, so we got uh, Jesus, Saka, Martinelli, and uh, Odegaard. Odegaard. Uh, all with four. Trev, the question, Trev, 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 one second. The question is, somebody who criticised him and said he's not as good as De Bruyne um, against Man City, and they were talking about uh, Rodri versus Party. Where do you see Odegaard in the level to De Bruyne? Oh, Jesus, Fergus. That's a tough question. That's a really tough question. I wouldn't I wouldn't swap De Bruyne for Odegaard, but then I wouldn't swap Odegaard for De Bruyne. I'd like to see them both come in to our team. How's that? Listen, I just want to put a comment on here from Arnie. And then James has asked a question, Ferg, which is really interesting. And we've talked about it. Firstly, Arnie, yeah, totally agree. We like Chelsea just as they are. Thank you very much for that comment, Arnie. And then there's this question from James Ferg. I'll answer it first if you want. James, honestly, I wouldn't sell either of them this summer. Either of them this summer. No. Keep Jorginho. Let Vieira go out on loan or, or play in the cup games if he has to. But sign another player that can cover for, for um, Xhaka and Party. So you'll have Xhaka, Party, Jorginho and one other as the four Tough guy midfielders. Uh, that that'd be my answer. I've done about the boys though, James. Alex. Uh whether to sell Partey or Shaka. Yeah, you have to pick one. You can't swerve it like Trev did. <laughs> mm, I think oh, it's difficult because mm, I've been saying all along this season that the one of the positions we need to upgrade for sure is uh Shaka's position, or at least get more cover. Um, and give him more competition. But Partey's been a bit offered for the last three, four games. Um, and I'd really like Declan Rice as well this summer. Um, if if I'd have had to sell one of them, I'd have I'd have to go with Partey for now. Dan, it's controversial. What's your, <laughs> what's, your, what's your thoughts? I, I, I'll have my view in a second as well, but go on. My thought is I will not partake in such nonsense. I agree with <laughs> the whole way, and I'm not selling any of them. We're not a selling club anymore. We're a club that's building. We buy our players and add to the squad and none are being sold. Don't yeah. care. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I do agree with that, that we do need to be building. We're, we're a squad that's very small and very thin. But if I had to pick one, um, I would pick Party because Party hasn't been fit for the whole season. He's been playing a bit part over the time. And Granit Xhaka seems to be, when he's on the pitch, he's, he's I know he's not always captain or he's rarely captain, but he's definitely giving a captain performance. You keep Xhaka and add to that, if we are to get Rice or Casado in, in the summer, then... Uh, you know, they would probably step ahead of party. So there we go. Let's move on to this. The, the third goal, Jesus. Um, it uh, was White made a deep cross from the right, cuts in for Shaka, and Shaka can't get it uh, forced at home. And the ball breaks to Jesus. Um, a tight angle, a couple of yards out, and it was so easy. Uh, the third assist for Granit Shaka indirectly. Um, what did we make of that first half performance? And why, why, why? Do we only seem to be a 45-minute team? Trevor. Oh, man, listen. You know, when we went 2-0 up, I actually thought, oh, no, I can't be doing with 2-0 leads again. Can't be doing with taking 2-0 leads. It was going to work out badly. It's going to work out badly. And then when we scored the third, which was a bit scrappy, when it, I was pleased to see us score a goal like that, Ferg. 
because we're really good at the free-flowing ping, 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 swing it into the net goals. But we've been a bit short of these scrappy goals in front, you know, in, in the six-yard box, banging it in for a short range. Really pleased to see that. Went 3-0 up, and I thought, right, 3-0 at half-time. I can only see one thing happening here. I can only see one thing happening here. We're going to go on, and we're going to make a massive hole in that goal difference to Manchester City. I genuinely thought that. I'm not saying that for a laugh. I'm not saying it. I did. I thought it was I genuinely thought we were going to do that. And I was very disappointed what I saw second half because we just shut up shop, really, and cruised. I, they scored a goal, but I couldn't see us ever losing the game, ever. But, um, yeah, I was a bit disappointed that we didn't really push on. But then again, the players they interviewed after the game, Ferg, Dan, uh, Alex, all said the same. They wanted to push on and score more goals. And it just didn't happen. So, yeah, that's where we are, isn't it? Right, here goes Maduke. Is that his name? I think I got it right. <laughs> Maduke. Maduke. Oh, well, close enough. It's not too far off. Uh, he gets a he gets a, a goal back for Chelsea. And it, it, it came from uh, the, the words that I, were written in one of the articles that I, I, I read um, and watched uh, was a snoozing Zinchenko. Um, let's let's because you're going to go soon. Um, Alex Zinchenko, the, the goal is the goal is the goal. I'm disappointed we conceded the goal. It's irrelevant to in to a certain degree, um, but it's more about Zinchenko and his defensive. Uh, defensively, is a little inept at times, and he's too keen to go forward. Would you change his position, and how would you accommodate him in a in an Arsenal lineup, and then but Tierney in, in, in the, the left back's uh, position? It's a difficult Sorry. question, but <laughs> but the, the goal definitely summarized what our problem's been defensively this season, and that's been uh, balls over the top in, in the area, in the space which Sinchenko occupies defensively. Um, and it's just happened too many times where he's just lost concentration defensively and just uh, yeah been ball watching um and that's what happened here again i mean in the like the dream scenario scenario is that sinchenko just gets better defensively and uh, he he does what he does offensively and supports the midfield and then just gets better defensively um but uh, it's difficult cuz i wouldn't want to put him in midfield cuz i wouldn't want to take away any of the players in our midfield at the moment um, but I've thought about it. And I'd, I'd actually, I think I'd start Tierney uh, against Newcastle this weekend, um, and I'd like to see a more pragmatic approach. Uh, I can bring it on to you guys afterwards and hear what you, your guys' thoughts are. But I'd, I'd like to see Arteta play a bit more pragmatic this weekend against Newcastle and sort of uh, say like um, and come like Newcastle did to us uh, this season and. And go like there you go. Uh, you create the game, and we'll stand back and and uh, and see what you've got, um, and like take that approach to the game. Um, I don't know what your guys' thoughts are on on that. Dan, your your thoughts on Zinchenko? How would he's naturally a, um, a defender? Uh, sorry, naturally a midfielder. Um, he's played as a second role as the left back. And answer Alex's question, please. Well, I've got a few things to, to go back on, actually. To start with, Charles, 
it's common about me and Alex. I will say that I'm far too good looking to to be Alex's twin. So uh sorry, trolls. We're not uh we're not twins separated by birth. But um what I would say going back a bit, right? We just just on a few of the comments that we we said earlier about being maybe a 45 minute team, just to start there. Ramsdale makes a fantastic save 24 minutes in which keeps us at 1-0, which I think people have overlooked of how good a save that was at a moment when he was basically ball-watching and doing nothing for 25 minutes. But I don't agree with your guys' comments that we only played for 45 minutes. I think watching that back, the first 20 minutes of that game was just as good in the 20 minutes of the second half that the first 45 minutes was. We just didn't take our chances and score a goal. And ultimately, what changed was this goal that we're talking about now with Madueke scoring. And Yes, Sinchenko switched off and he definitely needs to do better. But actually, when you rewatch the goal back, there's no pressure on the ball. And when you're not giving guys any pressure and you give a guy like that of that quality time on the ball to pick the ball out, he's going to pull it on a plate. And ultimately, then we got punished for switching off. Whereas if we put pressure on the ball, maybe the ball's not as good. Maybe we get away with it. Um, I think to answer the question... Against Newcastle, normally they're very good on the wing, right? And I think St. Maximum is normally their um, their guy that would worry me. But I think with him being out, I think I would still stick with Zinchenko because I think ultimately what he offers us on the ball going forward, we need to bring that to Newcastle and be on the front foot and impose our own game as opposed to try and sit in. I think if we sit in, let the pressure build and let their fans get on top, then I don't think we'll get the result. Okay. Correct. Yeah. Um, I think that we've been found out a bit with Zinchenko, to be honest. I um, there's there's 19 other teams in the Premier League, and they all have great um, they all have great coaches and technical people and people to watch videos and this and that, and they'll have noticed where Zinchenko goes for a lot of the game, and they will be playing. A, their game to 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 look into the spaces that, that that Zinchenko leaves and and that's been showing unfortunately he's been caught out um three or four times um maybe Arteta will have a word and they'll play differently against Newcastle maybe they'll play Tierney maybe they'll play Tierney and Zinchenko who knows I would like to see Tierney have a go at Newcastle and it's really interesting, and Dan's bang on with when you play Newcastle, right? The, 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 things are difficult for the away team and the away fans, right? Firstly, as the away fans, you're miles and miles and miles from the pitch, right? You really are, and it's difficult to make yourselves heard and support your team. It really is difficult to support your team and make yourself heard. And secondly. Newcastle fans are so loud. They're the loudest fans in the league by a mile. We've got to admit it, you know. And they're like the 12th player. They lift their team. Like, do you remember last year at Newcastle away? Oh, my Lord, their fans were amazing. And our lads just didn't turn up. And I'm sure they were part of it. So there's several things that we've got to look at for Newcastle. I'm sure that Mikel Arteta will be looking at all of them. He'll play the, be playing the side that gives us the best opportunity to win a game. But for me to recap, I think... Teams have been watching and seeing where Zinchenko is going to, and they're now planning to play into that space behind him. I think that the Newcastle fans lift their team, and we've got to shut them up early in the game, like Dan said. And I think for me, it, I'd play Tierney, Tierney and Zinchenko, if he can fit them in. 
But I like the way Tierney defends in that type of game. And by the way, them steps, Fergus, don't bother me, son. I go in the lift. <laughs> well, have you got a blue badge you can get in the lift? Because uh, this, uh, I, I just like, you know, this is from last season. Uh, we're, we're starting off on Saturday evening to get up there to the the, the away end. <laughs> it's it's going to feel like that. Alex, uh, you've got a dash, but uh, before you go, um, we, we'll carry on talking and we'll go into the Newcastle game. But just give us your prediction of uh, the Newcastle score and then uh, you can go with family. Yeah. Imp- most important thing is, of course, the three points. I think it will be a very, very, very tough game. Um I'll go for a scrappy 1-0 win. We've been good at keeping clean sheets away from home. I hope we can do that. They've been scoring goals for fun, Newcastle, but hopefully we can we can put a stop to that. Um, I'm, I'm in no doubt we're going to score and hopefully we can keep, keep the clean sheet as well. So 1-0 to the Arsenal and we'll keep the hope alive. Hopefully Man City will screw up in some way. Don't know how it's going to be possible, but hopefully they will. Um, and hopefully we'll get the three points on, on Sunday. Okay, mate. Well, you enjoy your weekend and uh, have a good time with, uh, with friends and family. You, the Vikings are coming to town next week, aren't they? Oh, yes, they are. I'm, I'm yeah. not going to say no it this up. time. Lock up your daughters. Lock up your daughters, yeah. Because us Vikings are... We, we know the rest of the phrase, don't <laughs> yeah. we? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank well, you, Have mate. a good evening, mate. Take it easy. Yeah. Cheers. Enjoy. See you next bye week, bye. Alex. Take yeah, care, See you next week. Thank you. Bye. Bring money. Bring money. <laughs> Ferg, before you move on, can we put this comment up from our from our good friend Tony? Um, we we met Tony up in Manchester and we had a few beers and we had a laugh and we had a great afternoon with Tony at the Manchester game, but he was devastated that he could only get his beer in a plastic cup. He tried to tell the barmaid that he had this illness that made his hand clench up and he kept crumpolitis. It's crumpolitis. <laughs> but she weren't buying it, so he got stuck with a with a plastic cup. It was hilarious. Great afternoon, he with found, Tony. It, it, he found a Stella glass, and he just kept on pouring his beer into the Stella glass. And we used to hide it in in between a whole lot of menus in case they came around to clear the table. He got my glasses in there, so that was very funny. And I tell you, I talked about steps. It was almost like Newcastle away to try and find the loo in that bloody pub in in Manchester. It was. It was. It was. Yeah, it was, it was a long way. Listen, we've got a couple of things to talk about on to, uh, more about uh, and leads into uh, the Newcastle game. But the the, the one uh, there's a couple of things left on the, uh, the the Newcastle game. So the first one was um, the Aspartan Army uh, vacating their seats for the first thirty minutes, and nobody really knew what it was about. That's Charles Watts, Chris Wheatley, and a few other. Um, Journalists didn't know. Uh, there was later a statement the following day uh, made by the Ashburton Army, and it was uh, it was uh, here's the statement on here. I'm not going to read it all out, but it is on our Twitter feed and on Facebook feed. And it was more down to the way that the police treat uh, fans, away fans, and 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 also as much as that they want to work with the club, the club don't seem to want to work with them as much as as they would like. Um, we experienced in Manchester the way the police can be towards away fans, and they can let. Home fans get away with what they like, and um, uh, it it just seems like we're second class citizens uh, we're, when we're away fans. So I, I'm behind them on the on the protest. But Trev, did you did you feel? And and this is by no way a criticism, but they they should have maybe 
shared the idea of what they were doing beforehand rather than causing the confusion that me and Dan and others around us had. Well, Ferg, we have to be careful for starters because we don't know if they had planned it or if it was something that happened on the night that made them do it spontaneously. You know, I've heard that they were a bit poorly treated on the night, so maybe that, that happened. I'm not going to speculate, Fergus, if you don't mind, mate. I'm not going to speculate. But what we can say, we can say facts, right? And the facts of the matter are that the, 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 the atmosphere within Emirates Stadium this season has been amazing, second to none, fan, fantastic, right? And I'm not saying that the, the, the Ashburton Army are wholly responsible for that, Fergus. Well, they have a bloody large input. You know, them boys, they're there, they're spending their money, they're shouting all game back in our team. So, you know, I, I like what they do. I like where they are. I like to hear them. As for what happened about our walkout, it, it, it served its purpose because we all noticed, Fergus. We all noticed. So it served its purpose. But I've, I don't know whether it was... It might, I've heard some certain things went on before the game against Chelsea the other night. I don't know whether they're true or not, so I'm not going to speculate. But it, it may well have been, a, as we said, a, a, a spur-of-the-moment walkout, Fergus. Who knows, mate? And um, I know myself and yourself, we, we're friends and we know lots of the guys in there. And I'm, Did you reach out to... The, the, clearly, don't name names or anything, but did you reach out and get any more background to it? Yeah, I mean, I, I did ask the question for the same reason, is that no one really knew what was going on. And um, I think, yeah, without going into too many details, I, I don't think anyone wants to to walk out of a game, right? Because everyone there, including all the guys in, in Ashburton Army and everyone around them, they're all Arsenal fans and they go there to support the team. But um, ultimately, it seems like the club, as many of us have said before, don't particularly care too much about the fans. And if, if this is drawing the attention to it and it's the club that don't like them speaking out about what's going on behind closed doors, I, I think I fully back them to bring that to the fans' attention because ultimately football is for the fans and it needs to stay that way. So, um, yeah, I think I'd, I'd get fully behind the lads if, if they're just trying to draw attention to and, it. So, and and, and but, reading the statement as well, it's not just about Arsenal, it's about just football fans in general, how they're treated as a way fans up and down, and also to have a good communication eye open with their home club as well. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm all for getting better better respect, but it's down to fans as well to respect the authorities, respect the rules, respect the clubs, and, and, and not do stupid things like this. Uh, a laser in Mudrick's uh, eye uh, in the 91st minute. It's just idiotic, Trev. Yes, stupid thing to do. I, 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 I can't for, can't for the sake of me think of why you would want to do that. Why, you know, what's the gain? But anyway, the the fan's been found and arrested, and uh, he'll go through the uh, due course of what's coming to him. So, yeah. But yeah, forget what. What's the game? Why do that? Why on earth do that? I I don't understand it to be honest. There's, there was also a conversation, and Trev, Dan, you, you both come back to me on this about Mudrick getting booed, uh, Abamian getting booed, and just basically fans booing uh, returning players or players that were heavily linked. Like Mudrick was said he wanted to come to us and this, that, and the other, and for financial and political reasons, he went to Chelsea. Doesn't seem very happy there, if I'm honest, but. Um, Dan, Dan, what's your thoughts on on the booing? Because we even have the conversation going on our our, our role with a few people as well. Yeah, I, and and I must say that we wasn't 
what those that were booing Abamyang, in, in all fairness. I think um, we'd had this chat before and I don't agree with booing Abamyang. I think my my response was I'd have liked two second clap and then move on and forget about it because ultimately he he was our player. He scored lots of goals for our club and I would say near enough on his own won us the FA Cup um, a couple of years ago. So I think you have to respect that and it's a shame of being booed. Not that there was much booing and I did find it funny that he barely touched the ball. Um, not going to lie. I think that's just a, a bit of football banter, but I think booing a player like that is um, is too far. However, I think the booing of Mudrik, I, I'd probably say I fully agree with it, right? He's not an Arsenal player. He never has been an Arsenal player. He's playing for Chelsea against our club. And if that generates atmosphere within the, within the fans for various reasons about what went on transfer-wise that we probably don't really know, um, don't have an issue with that, in all fairness. Trevor? Yeah, yeah. I, I look at it slightly differently to Dan in that um, I go to make my to support my team and make sure they win. Not all costs, but anything that's reasonable. And uh, if I have to boo Aubameyang, I'd have give him a little boo, like nothing too strong. But we didn't have to boo him because he didn't turn up anyway. He played for Chelsea the other night, exactly how he was playing for Arsenal for the last season. He, he, he really was that poorly. I can't understand why he went there, actually, to be honest, or, or why they wanted him. But I, I, I'm not bothered about Aubameyang. That's been, that's gone. Wish him all the best, as I said. Kivior seems to really... Not, not Kivior, you're doing a me now. It's Mudrik. What? Oh, yeah, Mudrik. Why, why did I say Kivior? Mudrik, he was a player we went after. We didn't get him. From what I've seen so far, I'm really happy we didn't get him. But he looks a bit... To me, when you see him, right, he looks a bit shell-shocked all the time, doesn't he? He looks like he's not quite sure whether he's coming or going. And maybe that is a reflection he... of the football club this year. Uh, absolutely. But also, before he came here, he'd only played six Champions League games. The, 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 the league is shut down in the Ukraine virtually. So he hadn't played that much football. And the, and the price tag that was attached to him, and for Arsenal, I was I was very worried about getting him and to chuck him in because bearing in mind that we're, we are we don't have 49 uh, uh, players in our squad like Chelsea have and they have to, you know, two teams of 11 training and some players in the lower first team um, echelon have the change in the in the corridors and stuff like that. They, they, you know, they, we couldn't afford to carry um, so, Mudrick if he wasn't fit yet. Are are you saying that we dodged a bullet then, mate? Maybe not next season once he's back up to fitness. Because I did see a, a couple of bits of where he did look quite lively. As as did um, what's the other blonde, long haired guy? Uh, he came on as a sub. Begins with a G. Gallagher. Gallagher, Alec Gallagher, yeah, he looked he 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 looked uh, quite sprightly as well. Dodge the bullet, maybe. Um, I don't know, Trev, but um, we have our own issues. We've got our own problems. I don't think we. I don't think we did dodge a bullet. I think he's a very very good player, and actually, I I would still say right now, if Chelsea wanted to sell him, I'd take him. Um, I think he would fit in our squad very very well. What I would say with a lot of those Chelsea players at the moment is they are massively affected by a lack of confidence. And you've only got to look at our squad a couple of years ago when we, we went on that run and that sort of run came to an end against Chelsea. You look at the players that played in that game, um, you could name a few that are still in our squad and they didn't look as good as they do now. And confidence is a, is a big, big thing. So I, I would say don't write them off too early. Look, I absolutely hope it doesn't click for him because um, I don't want Chelsea to do well. Um, but yeah, I think he is, a, he is still a good player. 
Before we move on, Ferg, just this, this comment from Arnie's made me smile. And that didn't help things. That's not going to endear Arsenal fans to him. Do you remember the advert when he joined Chelsea? Nothing personal. I'm yeah, I'm back yeah. and I'm blue. You know, yeah. come on. We, we want Is that him, though? Is that him? That was, the media pe- that was the media people and they wanted to get clips and, and he was poorly advised. But that's who's paying his wages, so there he has to do what he's told. Yeah, maybe he does, yeah. Yeah. Listen, we we got we got a couple of issues. We talked about Zinchenko. Um, we talked about Tierney, um, and Trevor just mentioned Kivior. Like uh, Kivior had an outstanding game. I thought it was really, oh, really, yeah. really, really good. Um, uh, and here's a couple of clips of it. <laughs> Turn the music down and talk over while they've got the, uh, those bits of video going on there. Now, Dan, what stood out for me um, that he was quite a, a good ball playing centre half. He was very measured and controlled on the ball, and you know he's strong. He did have his uh, debut against Sporting, which everyone went on about him ducking out, but we don't know if he got a call or whatever from Turner. There was lots of issues going on there. What, what were your thoughts on Kivior, and are we getting ahead of ourselves, as you said? I would say don't watch highlights of a player and, and judge him based on highlights. I think even in even in the highlights that you've just shown, if you went back to the beginning and played it again, I'm not suggesting you do that, but most of the times he plays the ball out, he's not really under pressure. And I think he had a bit more pressure in the second half, but look, he needs to be put under pressure by a better team for me to judge him. He didn't put a foot wrong. So it's not a criticism of him. I just think... All of a sudden, he can have one good game and all the fans could be saying, I've won him over Holding. I've criticised Holding a lot, but I, I can't see that there's much difference between him and Holding at the minute. I think he's probably a little bit more assured on the ball, but mm. he's, got, he's got to prove that. Um, yeah, I'd say don't don't run before we can walk. Let him, let him bed Trevor, in. Trevor, we, we, we had an injury issue with Gabriel, and I'm going to put a little clip up of Gabriel now. I was never... Fan. I always thought Gilles Villeneuve was the greatest racing driver of them all, but to make this film, I've watched hours and hours and hours of footage, and the thing is, Villeneuve was spectacular on a number of occasions, Senna, he was spectacular every single time he got in a car. I've done two prayers for us, my dear Can't pretend that I was perfectly with you in fear Oh man, what a world, the things I hear If I could act on my revenge, no would I for the benefit of anybody watching the audio, uh, uh, Clarkson's um, comparison to Villeneuve and Senna versus um, Van Dijk and uh, Gabriel. As Aaron has just said in the chat, Gabriel is so underrated. Uh, Trevor, your thoughts? He could be injured, so that means that we could end up having uh, the opportunity to play Kivior and um, Tierney. Uh, because you could pay Tierney as um, a centre half, and then Zinni as uh, a left ha- uh, left back. 
he wouldn't play he wouldn't play KVR and, and Tierney. I'm sure he'd play KVR and Holding. What was that crap, by the way? What, what are the youngsters watching nowadays? Absolute load of rubbish, that film. I couldn't make any Juno War. Juno War. It's a load of crap. Listen, listen, right. Um, if we lose Gabriel this weekend, it's a massive loss. It's a massive loss. I know we're saying it was only Chelsea with Kivior the other night, right? And we're right to say it was only Chelsea because they are. It was an only club at the moment, Chelsea, you know? But I thought, he, I did think, having seen, saw him in Portugal, I, I wasn't overly impressed. Saw him the other night and I thought, yeah, you, you seem to have, to have moved your game forward a bit. It's only your second appearance, but... I thought everything he did was right, and I, I thought he was a step up on on holding. If I'm honest, I, he, and if he's got to play this week, then I wouldn't have any worries about him playing. Um, Gabriel worries me greatly. I think Gabriel might be gone, you know. And then we're looking this weekend at a makeshift centre half pairing, and I've always been a firm believer that a great centre half pairing that grows over 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 a space of time becomes the most important part of your side, right? Two centre-halves that can play together. We've seen it this year with the development of Gabriel and Saliba until Saliba got injured, right? Every game Gabriel and Saliba played together, I thought they got more understanding of each other and they looked a better, a better team, the two of them together. Gabriel, If Gabriel was injured this weekend, I think we'll probably go with KVR and Holding and I think it makes it a really tough game for us. Not so much from the Newcastle players, as I said, but the fans. The fans will be loud and shouty and and young kids that ain't played much in the league, they're going to notice that. So, fingers crossed, please pray, let Gabriel be fit. And then I'd stick kid. Who would you stick in if Gabriel's fit, right? Who would you stick in against Newcastle? Kivior or Holding? Because it would be Kivior all week for me. I'd probably go with Kivio only because he seemed to be able to distribute the ball a bit better and play play the the game that we like to play, which is passing the ball out from the back. And whilst we said previously on previous weeks that Holding is do, does nothing wrong and he's a good quality Premier League player, he's probably not good enough to be. He's probably not good enough to be um, a Premier League or you know top top side. And he, he can't play the game that that um, Arteta wants us to play, which is out from the back. Dan, your thoughts? I mean, giving credit, he's a left-footed player and he's played in the right side. And some defenders have their preferred side. And I, I don't know if that is his preferred side on the left or the right, but I know certainly Arteta likes a left-footed player on the left, a right-footed player on the right. Um, that's why I was initially surprised that he started him over holding. Um, I think it all depends on me on setup. If we're going to be on the front foot playing our normal game, I think I'd probably stick with Kivior. I think if we're not going to set up that way, I would go back to Rob Holding. Um, I do think, exactly as you just said, and I've criticised Rob Holding a bit over the last few weeks, that he's not good enough on the ball. I would also just factor in that crowd because I feel like Kivior is not going to be used to that yet. And if the crowd get up, how could that affect him? And I, I feel like that affected him even in some of the games we've seen him previously. Um, but he has to get used to it. And um, there's no better way of learning than on the job. So if he's played when the last game, keep him in and see how he develops for me. 
Ustigard. Is that it? Have I pronounced it right, Trills? I think I have. Ustigard. Oh, God. Maybe Ustigard? Uh, uh, Talked about a, a Norwegian defender at Napoli, Leo Ustigard. Uh, be a smart buy in the summer. Um, Talking about who do we play? Uh, Jorginho or party for Newcastle, Trev? Unmute yourself. Sorry, man. I'll just send you a message. Party if he's fit. Party if he's fit. Yeah. If not, no worries with Jorginho. Do not put Vieira into that atmosphere, that, that arena. Do not do that to Vieira. Okay. Uh, it looks like we've disappeared off Twitter. Maybe that's because we've shown some of the video clips. I don't know. Uh, but they're all TikTok and they're all up there. So I don't understand that. We'll, we'll have to go into an appeal on something or another. Um, so you went Jorginho. Um, is that right, Trev? No. I'd play party out of the two of them. Okay. Um, uh, Dan, Jorginho, party, uh, Trossard or Martinelli? I'm really undecided. I think throughout this whole season, I would have absolutely just said party over Jorginho. Um, look, recent form, there's been a bit of a dip for Partey and I thought Jorginho came in and did a fantastic job against Chelsea. The only thing that worries me with Jorginho is covering ground and I just feel like Newcastle will be a very open game and I think for him to get around the pitch as needed, we need someone athletic like Partey. So I would still stick with Partey, but I would say it's not a 100% Partey as it has been previously. It's more like a 70-30 Partey and I think... Um, Jorginho definitely has his place within our squad for the up-and-coming games. But, yeah, Partey for me against Newcastle. Okay. Um, and one last thing uh, I want to talk about. Well, a couple of things. Uh, our record, um, we've won 11... Uh, sorry, 10. We should have had 11 because they forgot to draw the bloody lines on. Uh, um, 10 out of 12 London derbies. And... People don't talk about the London derbies and how difficult it is uh, for London teams because um, in the northwest you don't have as many derbies. You don't have there's, there's no derbies in the northeast and you know around the, the, the middle of the country there's not as many local rival derbies as there in London. And to to be uh, to win ten should have been eleven out of the twelve is absolutely uh, an amazing feat, Trev. Yeah, it uh, just shows what kind of season we've had, doesn't it? We're, we're, we're good. We're the best side in London by a mile. You know, we are, we're right up there. Now, we I can't remember who said it to me the other day, Fergus, and it's very, very relevant to this season. I can't remember who said it, but to win the league, to win the Premier League, right? I've seen it on Twitter, yeah. You've got to win in the Northwest. You've got to have a good record in the Northwest. Liverpool, Man United, Man City, Everton. Yeah. And this season we've just come up a bit short, haven't we? Um, so hopefully, as we said, next year we will move on. We will improve. I've no doubt of that. We get the same results against London teams. I'm highly hopeful that will happen. And we'll get closer to the Northwest teams when we play up there. So oh, we'll win the league next year. Let's put it straight out there. Well, somebody who's not winning the league this this season mightn't even be in Europe next season, or if they are, even better in the Conference League this season. What I'd really like locally here is for West Ham to to win the Europe, uh, Europa 
Conference League or whatever it's called, um, then get into the Europa League and that lot down the road, Spurs end up dropping into either no Europe, but that would do them a favour, or them in the, into the conference. That would be absolutely hilarious. And bragging rights around here would be unreal. Trevor, you, you sent me a message going, currently out of all European qualification spaces, uh, places and a big, big laughing emoji. <laughs> I did. Arnie, I did. hope you're right. Look at Arnie's comment there. I hope you're right, Arnie. I really do. Um, so uh, let's go f- just to close uh, predictions on tomorrow. Alex went with a one nil. Take that off, sorry. Uh, Alex went with a, a one nil. Um, Dan, what are you going with? Uh, along with a hangover on Monday morning, what are you going with um, for the Newcastle game? I honestly don't know. This um, this game for me. Is a huge game, and I think it's going to show mentality of how we bounce back, hopefully, from last year. I hope that game is in their minds. Um, I do think Newcastle will score, but I think we're better placed to dominate and, and put our stamp on the game. So I'm going to go with 2 1 to us, of course. Trevor? What's, would you shrugging because I put uh, Charles's comment up there? I, uh, yeah, I was shrugging. Yeah, I was shrugging at that to lose. Yeah, trolls, trolls, go and wash your mouth out, mate. Go and wash your mouth out with a bit of soap and come back when you're talking sense, my son. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I think it's going to be really, really hard work. Really, really hard work. Um, I'm going to go with Dan though. I'm going to go for a two-one. Yeah, I'm with you, you guys as well. I think it's uh, 2-1. Um, I, I can see us conceding a goal, you know, keeping clean sheets. We talked about before. Uh, we talked about Ramsdale needing uh, to be challenged. Um, previously, when we said who we need in um, when we, we, we look for players. I, I, I see us conceding a goal, but hopefully we have enough heart because... If if we were to lose the game in Newcastle, that's it. It's done. It's it's a long bloody journey home, uh, and on Monday morning, I don't fancy five or six hours in the car with a ginger fella and a hangover. We we need to get need to get a result. It's got to be a two one two one yeah. to the Arsenal. Are you saying I wasn't good company on the way in from Manchester? You f- I'm in a bad mood when we lose. Don't do it to me. Don't do it to me, Give me a win. What you talking shit for? <laughs> Aaron's got a point there. Gabriel is a very important player. Um, Gabriel is a very important player. I, I, I hate to drop this on you, Fergus, but you're going to have to drop me off somewhere down the A1 on the way home. For some, I'm not sure, quite sure where yet, but it'll be somewhere on the A1 on your way down. Um, but look, right... Why I'm looking forward to. Looks like we're going Why to the Arsenal or nowhere then, Dan, on the way home. It's going to be a seven-hour journey. <laughs> when we celebrate, we'll all over the country with a flag out the back. Just shush <laughs> a minute, you two. Shush a minute. Let the old man talk. Because I'm, I'm only going to have breath today. After Newcastle, I'll have no oxygen left. I'm just looking forward to another away trip with, with me mates. Uh, they've, they've all been fantastic trips this year. And we're going to do it again. And then if the 90-minute football goes our way, I'll be absolutely over the moon. 
Um, and what will be, will be. But one thing I do know for a fact, I'll be drunk in Newcastle. I'll have me two <laughs> pints. I'll be with good lads and I'll have a bloody good time either way. So there you go. It's like a thousand years ago. I fought my way out of that cave. Became Iron Man. Realized I loved you. I know I said no more surprises, but I was really hoping to pull off one last one. The world has changed. None of us can go back. Whatever it takes, boys. Whatever it takes. Ferg, listen. Ferg, we know, don't we? We know that whatever happens on the weekend, them lads, whoever goes on the field for the Arsenal, are going to give 100%. They're going to play for the badge. That's the way we feel, you know, when we go to watch the Arsenal nowadays. And that's all I ask. That's all I ask. Proud of our players. Proud of our players. Let's go and get the win, eh, boys? We, we said it many, many, probably 18 months ago that it didn't matter what the result was. When we ended up at eighth in the league, it was as long as we saw them leaving it on the pitch, 
and they're leaving on the pitch week in, week out nowadays. Dan, uh, I'll see you on Sunday morning. Um, I'm looking forward to the long journey up. Uh, a few beers up there with Trevor. Trevor might even buy a beer this time. You never know. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want to be bloody ducking, you cheeky. Oh, I nearly swore then. You <laughs> spoke to in Danish, didn't you? <laughs> oh, listen, I'll be in Newcastle at 12.27. I'm expecting to see you boys in the bar of the county hotel, ready to start. Oh, boss, 12, boys. Come on. Well, you, it, will, it will be roughly around between half 12 and one o'clock. We'll be at the county. Yeah, so see you then. Right, uh, you have been watching uh, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans, for Arsenal fans. You know what to do. If you're watching on Facebook, if you're watching on Twitter, if you're listening to the audio, please go to the YouTube channel, click on like and subscribe. The subscribe thing, if we can get to a 1,000, it just uh, means that YouTube will cover my costs, basically. Uh, and that's that's all we, we would like to do. Um, we're not after fame, fortune, uh, or anything like that. We just enjoy doing this. This is like, you know, I, I don't normally do it on a Friday night because Friday night's the wife's night, but, um, you know, that's coming soon. Hey. Um, on that note, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you ain't got it in yet. No. That's true. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. You've, you've ended as you started with struggling to get it up. And you're... <laughs> <laughs> no, very quick. Put a couple quick. of them blue pills off me at the weekend. Danny will be uh he'll be a, a super trooper tonight. Bloody hell, a couple. <laughs> right, guys, it's Friday night. I gotta get out of here. Up the arsenal. Look at you blushing, Look at you blushing <laughs> You've been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too.